Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. People love stories at Christmas time. Uh, proof of that is the popularity of Hallmark Christmas movies, even though their plots are all basically the same, right? But one of my favorite stories is about a Sunday school class of children that were putting on a, a Christmas play. And one little boy who especially wanted the role of Joseph. He knew that the cutest girl in the class was going to be Mary, and he really wanted to be Joseph. But instead of being picked to be Joseph, he was picked to be the innkeeper. And he was so disappointed and, and really upset. And he, he didn't like the boy who got picked to be Joseph at all. I'm sure jealousy was mixed in there. But anyway, the night of the play came, and uh, it, it was moving along just fine, and it came to the point where Mary and Joseph came and knocked on the door of the inn, and uh, he, the, the innkeeper boy opened the door, and uh, Joseph said, we need a room for the night. And instead of telling him there was no room in the inn and they'd have to go to the barn, uh, he, he opened the door wide and he said, great, come on in, I'll give you the best room in the house. And little boy playing Joseph's eyes got really big, and, and he thought quickly, what, what should he say, what should he do? And so thinking on his feet, he looked past the innkeeper boy inside the door, and then he backed up and said, huh, no wife of mine's going to stay in a dump like that. Come on, Mary, let's go to the barn. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, lo- I love the story. Well, the greatest of all Christmas stories, of course, is the story of God becoming human to be our redemption, to pay the penalty for our sin. The incarnation is indeed the greatest story ever told. Seven centuries before it took place, the birth of Jesus was foretold by the prophet Isaiah. Hear his words in Isaiah 7:14. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The one who was chosen to play this amazing, incredible role of the mother of God's son would have been to those who knew her a most unlikely candidate because she was just an ordinary young girl, or so they thought. But the good news in the the story of Mary for us is this. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And aren't we glad? Ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So join the narrative with me from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. We'll begin the story at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, here's some things we need to understand about Mary. In their culture, 
At this season of life, Mary would have just been a young teenager. Scholars think perhaps only 14 or 15 years old. And she would have been doing at this point in her life what young girls did. She would have been preparing for an arranged marriage. She would have been anticipating the beginning of a typical Jewish family. And she would be ready to live an ordinary life. But all of that changed when an angel came to visit. I want to take a moment to give some theological context to this. And I mean no respect to anyone else's uh, theological or religious background. But if you look into Scripture at Mary, you, you understand Mary was not and Mary is not deity. She was a a flesh and blood human being just like we are. And you also would come to understand that Mary is not a necessary intermediary through which we must pray in order to get to Jesus or God the Father. She was simply one God chose to use. Pardon me. If you read the book of Hebrews, you see that Christ is our priest. We believe in the priesthood of the believer as it's known. We believe that we have access directly to God through no intermediary, no human individual. We go directly to God through our faith in Jesus Christ. So Mary was none of those things, but what Mary was was a person of deep faith and complete trust in God. And because of her godly character, because of her trust in God, God chose her. He chose her for this supernatural role in the redemption drama of the ages, the greatest story ever told. Continue the story with me, verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, I want us to stop and envision this scene for a moment. Uh, Through the centuries, there have been many great works of art around this interaction between the angel Gabriel and Mary. And in each of those works of art, Gabriel looks differently because of the imagination of the artist. And the reality is we don't know what Gabriel looked like. But here's what we do know. Mary understood who he was, the messenger of God, and that he had a message for her from God, and it was absolutely overwhelming. Verse 29, it says, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now think about how Mary would respond to this. Surely thoughts began to flash through her mind, fears and questions and, and, and 
doubts and confusion in all likelihood, her head was beginning to spin with the possibilities. How would she explain her pregnancy to Joseph? And if she were to to tell Joseph about the visit of the angel, would he think that she had lost her mind? And what about her parents? You see, it was expected that a young woman who was engaged, who was in what they would call the betrothal period, she was morally obligated to remain a virgin during that time until after the wedding celebration and their life together as husband and wife would begin. So what would her parents think when the news came to them that she was expecting a child and the rumors in the community surely would just run rampant? Her reputation could never be the same. All of these things that were going on in her mind were genuine, legitimate fears. But in Mary's life and in your life, God's plan is far greater than the temporary fears and concerns of our lives. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. And now she is in her sixth month. For the Word of God will never fail. What an encounter between an angel and a young woman. Uh, Author Frederick Buechner has written a book doing character profiles on the players in the greatest story ever told. And so he writes one on the angel Gabriel. He uses more than a little bit of sanctified imagination, but he wonders aloud, what would it be like for the angel in this encounter with Mary? I find his, his take on it quite interesting. Listen, quote, She struck him as hardly old enough to have a child at all, much less this child. But he had been entrusted with a message to give to her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named, who he was to be, and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. As he said it, he only hoped she would notice that beneath his great golden wings that he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung on the answer of this young girl. What would she say? How would she respond? Well, thankfully, none of her fears changed her response. She was willing to face whatever it might mean for her to be submissive and obedient to God, to be a part of His plan to bring redemption to mankind. Verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. 
May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Have you ever wondered what it was that qualified Mary to play this role in the greatest story ever told? What was it about this nondescript, anonymous young woman that God saw that he believed he could use to fulfill this incredible role in the story? Is it something that that we can aspire to as followers of Christ? I believe it is. I think it's actually as simple as this. The key to being used by God is a surrendered heart. A surrendered heart. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Whatever he asks, I am willing to do. Do we have that kind of willingness? Are we open to whatever God would say? However he might want to change our thinking or the direction of our life. However he might choose to alter the plans that we have and are in the process of trying to make happen a surrendered heart. I fear that far too often we become focused on or overwhelmed by the problems and uncertainties of our lives as if they're too big for God or too difficult for Him to overcome. Not Mary. Lord, whatever you ask, the answer is yes. Well, at this point in the narrative, the angel leaves. And Mary's life and the human race would never be the same. So what does she do next? She goes to visit someone, perhaps the only person, who could really understand the miracle of God that she was experiencing and the reality of an unexpected pregnancy. (laughs) Elizabeth, who was well into her latter years of life and found herself expecting a child that God had promised long ago. So again, pick up the story, verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The pre-born child within the womb of Elizabeth leaped within her, the Scripture says. Listen, don't tell me that a child within the womb of his or her mother is just a blob of tissue. This child, this one who would become the messenger of the Lord, the one who would herald the arrival of God in human flesh. This preborn child leaped within his mother's womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she spoke words of truth from the heart of the Heavenly Father. Verse 42. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? 
When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I mean, think about it. These two anonymous women who were unknown to the public of their day for 20 centuries have been honored and admired by followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. These two women have inspired millions simply because they had willing hearts to follow God. Well, Mary responds to Elizabeth's words with a song of praise. Uh, it's been called the Magnificat. Listen to how the New Living Translation renders this expression of overflowing praise to God. Verse 46, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. What a story. What a person. This young woman who was obedient and willing to follow the Lord. Don't you wish you could have a conversation with her? Don't you wish you could just sit down and ask her some questions? Uh, author and pastor Max Lucado in one of his books listed a number of questions he would like to ask Mary if he had the opportunity. Well, I picked out my favorite five of his questions and I want you to ponder with me what it might be like to be able just to sit down with Mary, ask her these questions and listen to how she would answer. Think about it. Here's the first question. What was it like watching Jesus pray when he was growing up? Or this one. When he saw a rainbow, did he ever mention a flood? Or this question. When he saw a lamb being led to slaughter, how did it affect him? Or I would like this one. What did he and his cousin John talk about when they were kids? <laughs> but of all the questions that Lucado came up with, this one is my favorite. This would be the one I would want to ask Mary. Mary, did the thought ever occur to you that the God to whom you were praying in those years was asleep under your own roof? Mary, the mother of the Savior, was called upon by God to make an eternal 
difference. And if you are a follower of her son, the Lord Jesus, so are you. So are you. You don't have to be somebody great to be used in great ways by God. You don't have to be especially gifted or talented or popular or wealthy or whatever other adjective we might think of. You don't have to be anything but willing to have a surrendered heart that when God asks, you say yes. Whatever the request, however he leads, you say yes. So if you ever wonder if your life can make a difference, think about Mary. And remember, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things for him. As we do each week at Magnolia's First, we close our service with a time of prayer. I'd ask that unless you have an emergency not to slip away, this is a part of our worship. And here's what we do. In just a moment, I will pray. And as I do, prayer partners will make their way to the front. There are deacons and their wives, or our pastors and their wives. And if you have a burden on your heart, come and pray with these folks. We have had hundreds of burdens that have been left at the altar of prayer. And we've seen God do amazing things. If your need is for healing, then come and allow me as an elder of the church to anoint you as Scripture teaches and pray for your healing. We serve a God who heals. We serve a God, the same God who did a miracle in Mary's life, does miracles today. And and sometimes we don't get exactly what we ask for, but sometimes we don't receive what we could because we didn't ask. And so if you have a need for healing, come. I'd be honored to anoint you with oil and pray for your healing. But if you're here today and you need to move forward in your faith journey, you need to move toward that place of stepping across the line of faith and becoming a Christ follower, or you're already a Christ follower, but you've not been as faithful as you should have been or want to be, then I want to encourage you to come to one of the prayer partners and just simply say, I need to take the next step. I need to take the next step. And they'll help you know how to move forward, whatever that means for you in your faith journey. They'll help you know how to move forward to be obedient and pleasing to the Lord. So in the spirit of prayer, would you stand with me, please? And I'll lead us to pray. And then we invite you to the altar. Heavenly Father, we thank you for stories of great faith like Mary's. Stories that encourage us to be willing to follow you, to not become obsessed or hindered by the problems and concerns of life, but to be willing to trust you for those things and simply say yes to you. Lord, I pray for those who have burdens and needs that they need to bring to the altar. I pray for those who need physical healing that they might feel free to come 
to be anointed and prayed for. I pray for those who need to take a step in their faith journey, that they might move forward, that they might step out in faith to trust Christ for the first time or to move forward in their journey of following Him, having trusted Him long ago. Whatever it might be, Lord, help us to say yes to you, to your honor and glory in Jesus' name.